0: Love, talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Abundance Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host tonight, Gregory Turner, the vice president, the president, and CEO of Abundant Solutions Enterprises, and we welcome you to our show. If, if the listeners, if you have any questions, please give us a call at seven one eight five zero eight ninety six hundred. Again, that's 718-508-9600. Tonight, our special guests are Brian Henderson and gospel recording artist A1. Brian is a motivational speaker, community leader, HIV AIDS counselor, father, husband, and PUE football coach. And our recording artist A1 is a minister, father, husband, and a mighty, mighty man of God. Tonight, our topic, Why Men Marry, Why Men Don't. Gentlemen, how are you? A1, are you there? Okay, A1 will join us in just a second, and Brian will as well. Tonight, the reason I came up with this topic, uh, I was speaking with a young lady, and she was telling me that um, her, her dream is to get married, and she's at the point now where she feels that that's not uh, possible. And I spoke with her and I asked her, uh, do you trust God in, in bringing you your husband? Do you believe that he could do this? And she said, you know, I'm 40 plus years old and I haven't gotten married yet, so I, I, I just don't know. I said, well, what is it are you, are you praying for? Are you praying just for a husband? or Are you praying for God to send you your Adam? And her answer was, you know, at this point, I'll take a piece of a man. A piece of a man is better than um, no man at all. And that kind of worried me, and it kind of, it, it really, it really touched me because this is a woman that's that's in the church, that's doing everything that that she feels is right, and she is crying out to God for a husband and And when she told me this, it really it, it kind of broke my heart because that's you know when little girls are growing up, that's their dream. That's something that they want to do, and that's something that they really look forward to doing. So that's why I came on tonight to give hope to a lot of the women, not just women now. There's a lot of men out there that want to be married, and they feel you know that time is running up and and, and they you know they, they want to walk down the aisle someday. So that's why we came up with this show, Why Men Marry, Why Men Don't. Gentlemen, how are you? Brian, are you there? I'm here. Uh, A1, are you there? I guess A1 will join us momentarily. Brian, man, what do you think about tonight's topic, Why Men Marry, Why Men Don't?
2: Wow. You know, when you you first told me, uh, what your show was going to be about, I thought. Of, I I sat back and I said, "Wow, this is something that everybody needs to hear." Right, right. Um, in a day where you know over half of marriages end in divorce, yeah. you know, people really need to know why men get married and why they don't. You know, um, and 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 even more so, they need to know, you know, why. People get married and why people don't. You know, so it's, this is this is a show that's going to focus more so on the man getting married, but I think it'll be something that, you know, or men get married and men not getting married. But I think it's going to help everybody because it, we're going to try, you know, to give everybody a good understanding of what goes on in people's minds yes. when they when you talk about marriage.
1: Yes, you know. Uh before you join this i was saying that one of the reasons that you know for this topic and for this show uh tonight is you know i was speaking with a young lady that was going through some issues and she was thinking about um that you know marriage was not she didn't think it was in her future anymore and she's been praying to god for for a husband and and i asked her are you praying for a husband or are you praying for god to send you your adam and she said at this point you know i'll just take uh, a piece of a man i'll settle and I think that's something that a lot of the women are doing now. They're settling for anything. Well, not so much anything, but they're settling for less than what God has for them. And they think that, you know, the time is ticking and that the clock is ticking, you know, and their friends are getting married. And they may be in a situation where a lot of their girlfriends are married. And now the pressure's on them. You know, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get married? What What is it? You know, and... I say this, and then I'm going to turn it over to you and A1. When you started panicking about time and you, and you panic about a husband, I say when, we, when you do this, you, you put God in uh, a box. You kind of limit him, yes, so to speak. And, you know, we can't do that. And that I'm not just talking women. A lot of men, I have a lot of men friends that want to get married. And they're looking for the perfect woman. And that woman is looking for the perfect man. So my first question is, why are people having challenges when it comes to finding their Adam and finding their Eve? Hello. Yes, A
3: one.
1: Yeah, how you doing, man? Oh, man, we was, man, I'm sitting <laughs> up here sweating bullets. I was like, A one, you got to come on, man, because I really want everybody to hear what you have to say. Welcome, brother. How you doing?
3: I'm doing good, man. I was actually on two times. I called two times because I guess you couldn't hear me. And yeah, yeah. yeah
1: okay. And you know what? I, I have in my hand right now, uh, ladies, we're going to go back to that question, a Maxi single by A1. I said before he's a uh, gospel recording artist. And my favorite song on this man is Tear It Down.
3: Right.
1: That's the, and, and, that's what, and that's what we're trying to do tonight. We're trying to tear that wall down so everybody can tell, you know what, I got something from this show. So with that being said, A-1, you could take the first question. Are are we looking for that perfect husband or that perfect wife? And and you think that's a challenge in, in why we can't really find what God is trying to send us?
3: Well, I think the challenge lies within, you know, the definition of perfection. We each have our own ideal in our minds of what we're looking for, and sometimes that's where we mess up because we're not looking for what God calls perfection. We're looking at our own personal um, rendition of perfection. And that's why, you know, a lot of times it's more important that we focus on our personal relationship with God, where he can reveal our weaknesses and our strengths. And in revealing our weaknesses and strengths, then he'll send us a suitable mate. You know, that's what God said when he put Adam asleep. He said, come, let us make him a suitable mate. So, what we think is a suitable mate is completely opposite of what God knows is the suitable mate for us in order to place us in the commanded place of destiny that He has called us to be and so i think I think part of the challenge comes from us yielding our own understanding of Mr. or Mrs. Wright and just believing God that He will send Mr. or Mrs. Wright into our lives
1: brian what do you what do you think
3: well, you know um
2: I, I, well, I, by the way, how are you doing, A1? This is Brian. Doing, Brian? Good, good. Um, I think you're right on point with that. Um, you know, I always say that if you're looking for somebody that's perfect, the moment they get with you, they become imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I think what, what happens is if you can't look for that perfect person. You have to look for that, that person that when you get with them, y'all become perfect together. Exactly you know. Go ahead, they, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, well, you can comment That's <laughs> good. Um, you know, it, 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 in the Bible And I have to go to the Bible with this In Genesis 2.18 it says And the Lord God said It is not good that the man should be alone I will make him and help meet for him See, that person has to help meet your shortcomings They have to help you uh, where you fall short And then in turn, you have to help that person when they fall short and together, you will all complete each other. Wow! You know?
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: You know, early in a relationship, a man will—he can kind of figure out. You know, if, if a woman, when they when they first start, they first they first start dating, a man will know if this is the woman for him. And the sad thing about it is, he will not tell that woman that she's not the one. At that point, you know, it goes from you know, this being the woman for me to, you know what, I'm going to have as much fun as I can with her until I can find my Eve. And that's so sad because they string the woman along, and she's thinking, you know, this may be the man for me, and she not even have a clue that this man is already saying this is it. Have you guys ever experienced that? And, and, and if you have, what is the reason for that? Why 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 is it that a man can figure out that early in the game that that this is not the one? Uh, could it be that that the woman changed, or, or what could it be?
2: You know, uh, it's it, it's. Oh, go ahead, A1, You can take that. one. Oh no, I was going to let you try, man. Go ahead, catch Okay, um, you know, I think when you look in the in the terms of like an animal kingdom, you know, there are certain animals that. They'll only take a certain mate. That mate has to do a certain thing, a certain kind of way. Like with the peacock, whoever has the brightest and the fluffiest feathers when they spread their feathers is the one that the that will that the uh, the female will allow to be their suitor. You know, and so what happens in early in relationships is not much different. You know, in people they'll put up this huge facade of Oh, this is who I am, this is how I'm gonna treat you, I'm gonna wine and dine you and then once that person gets hooked on, then all the romance is stops. You know, it's almost like they're saying, you know, here's the honeymoon and you know, okay, now we gotta be married, you know.
1: But but do you think but do you think the woman now I'm coming to the aid of of the woman of the women, do you think that woman is saying, Okay, this is this is my man, this this is this is it You know. And she's had so many other relationships, and well, I'm not going to put it out there like that, but she's had relationships before she's had relationships before, and they didn't work out so now the clock is ticking again, as I said earlier, the clock is ticking, and she figured, you know what I'm gonna to have to change to do whatever I have to do to keep this man. Do you think that's where the changing and the challenges come in, and the man you know? He you know, he he's able to pick up on that and say, You know what, this is not the one. A one, what do you think?
3: You know what? When I when I think about relationships and you know, you said changing, like people changing in order to, to fit the person that they are trying to attract. I you know, I, I gotta really just stand on the word and how, you know, God deals with us. You know, God accepts us with all our flaws and with all our blemishes and all of our shortcomings. And when when God chooses your perfect mate, your, your, your shortcomings, won't, they won't really see them as shortcomings, you know. And I think that that's the greatest mistake because when we try to change ourselves, we fail miserably. God is the one who has the power, you know, to really change us, and that change is permanent because the change comes from the inside. It's not something that we have to maintenance and everything. And a woman shouldn't have to change herself for a man, as, and a woman shouldn't be looking for a man settling for a man thinking that she can mold him into whatever she needs him to be. Because the reality is, like Brian said earlier, n- n- nobody's perfect. And when we come together, we can be perfected. But we have to we have to do it the right way. I mean, we're, we're supposed to help each other. But we have to do it the right way, the same way that, you know, we come to Christ just as we are. We should be able to come into a relationship just as we are. That's the... um. The, the thing I was, when I was thinking about this topic I, that was that was the thing that really stood out to me that's the thing about intimacy. you know when we talk about intimacy and I'm talking about a different type of intimacy, not just sexual, but when you think about intimacy with God, you know you're unmasking you can be naked, and that's what a relationship is really leading you to intimacy and when I say naked i'm talking about being who you really are with all your flaws and all your blemishes and being accepted by that. When you think about a married couple, they accept each other for all of their tattoos and their body piercings and their their rolls of fat and their cellulite and, you know, dunk thunder thighs and whatever, you know, comes with it. But it's the intimacy that's important. It's deeper than just the physical attraction. And when we learn how to, get away from the perverted um, definition of intimacy and accept it for a true closeness, a true unmasking of mind, body, and soul, a true nakedness, then, you know, you can have real strong relationships that are not just based on um, physical attraction, that are not based on me changing or her changing in order to make something work or make something fit that was never meant to fit. But it's, a, and, and, and it's so easy to maintain a relationship when it's based on truth. Because when you're, changing, when you're changing who you are naturally, you're living a lie. You're not being true to yourself. And when it's, truth is easy to maintain, it is what it is. A lie is hard to maintain because you constantly have to, um, you constantly have to upkeep it with more lies and more um, untruth. Well, you know what? You know,
1: since you said that about relationships, what about the, the men and women that are in relationships right now? They both know this relationship. Will not work, they know that the yokes are that are not equal. What do they do? you know it it's it, it's like the the relationship is a burden, both of them are hurting, but no one wants to leave or you you have this man that's 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 violent towards this woman or this woman that that's that's cheating on this man to to get the attention that she feels that she needs. What do they do as far as Getting out of this and trusting God and knowing that God will send them who they are supposed to have. Brian?
2: Wow. You said so much, I got kind of lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. Brian,
1: you know me. You, you know that. Yeah. I I get emotional, man. I get excited. I can't help it.
2: You know, I, I think it's really, um, you know, when they're in those relationships. You know it really depends on what that relationship is based on. if it's based on truth and honesty and you know and true intimacy and not like like everyone said, not just with sex but intimacy, that means you're intimate with one another. That means you can share anything with each other. The Bible says that uh they were both naked, the man and his wife and they and were not ashamed. You mm-hmm. see when you're ashamed of some of the things that you when you're open and when you're naked in front of somebody, meaning you're wide open and they can see everything, you know, with like like they say when the lights are on, you know, most people when they when they wanna, you know, be intimate, they turn the lights off. But when you have true intimacy, you can leave the lights on and not be ashamed. And see, okay. that's what you have. That, that and I think that that's what the problem is in lots of relationships. Especially people who've been in more than one relationship, you, you know, when you've been in the, the, the uh, in that relationship, and then you've been broken, you've been hurt, you've been misled, bamboozled, you know, run right amok yeah. in that relationship, you tend to put a shield up, you tend to put your guard up because you have that scar across your heart, and you don't want somebody to 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 cut that scar, so you know, because you don't want that scar to bleed again, so you immediately. You put something over there. You shield that part of your heart. That part of your heart is off limits. And that, Even and you... though this next person, you may be intimate with them with certain things, but you're not going to tell them the true things that are in your heart because you fear that this relationship, while it's going okay, may not work.
1: Yes. Well, Brian, you know, you t- you talk about both of you have already said nakedness and and you're talking about light and 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 the, the woman and the man they 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 were naked but they were not ashamed. Mm-hmm. Are are you are you referring to Adam and Eve at the beginning with the with the fruit? Is that what you're talking about?
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, you know what? And and and, and, and the reason I say that is I read that over and over and over. When the Lord came looking for Adam and Eve, he wanted to fellowship with him, And he was looking for them, and he couldn't find them. And when he finally found them, he asked Adam, where was he? And why was he hiding from him? And he said that he was afraid. He said that he didn't want the Lord to see him naked. And the Lord asked him a question. He said, who told you that you were naked? <laughs> so something went wrong somewhere, and that's what he was trying to hide. Mm-hmm. So, So... So A1, you know, with, with women being hurt so much and men being hurt so much in relationships and things just going wrong and they're comparing their relationship, the new relationship to the, 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 the one that they just got out of, how can they separate the two?
3: Man, it's, it's easier said than done. That's the best way I can put it because, you know, I could easily just come here and say, you know, well, the Bible tells us forgetting those things behind us, reaching for those things which are before us, and that's all fine and dandy, but what's really necessary is a blueprint. How do I, how do I learn to love again and how do I learn to trust again? And, I, you know, I always fall back to the same principles. You know, when you start to choose your mate, Jesus, help me. If, when you, if you can choose your mate like you choose your savior, you'll be okay. But you have to look for those same characteristics that, that really allow you to be faithful and true to God, his, 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 you know, his relentless pursuit of us, you know, his faithfulness, his long-suffering. And, see, the thing about it is, and I think people, what people really miss in relationships is, they want the partner to do things that they're not willing to do. Are you willing to tolerate your partner because you're, to- you're going to want a partner that's going to tolerate you? Are you willing to show mercy to your partner because you're going to want a partner that's going to show mercy to you? Are you willing to show grace? You know, You know, all of those things. And what happens when you – initially do those things to the ones who can't appreciate it or receive it because they were never the ones you were supposed to be with in the first place, then it makes you bitter and resentful. It makes you hurt. It makes you put up walls. And all of those are honestly are traps and tricks of the enemy to keep us from really loving like Christ told us to love. See, that's the thing I love about the agape. The agape is unconditional. You know, And that's the type of love that Christ has for us, and that's the type of love we're supposed to be exhibiting to one another. But r- reality is we're not exhibiting it, we're just looking for it. So we want that unconditional love, but we're not willing to release everything and, once again, become naked and do what it takes in order to um, get that. But you've got you to put it all on the line. I mean, that's what faith is you know, the substance of things hoped for. I'm hoping that I find Mrs. Wright. I'm hoping that I find a Carmel complexion, long-haired bombshell, but the evidence of things not seen, so I have to release my faith and be willing to do what it takes that when I find her, which I've already found, by the way, but when I find her, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be able to, like, be naked and put it all on the line, be, be patient with her if she's not everything that I think she should be, um, be willing to accept her with all of her flaws, and be long-suffering with the things that she constantly do that may get under my skin, because that's how Christ is with us. Our relationship with Christ, it, that's, that's the um, blueprint for how our relationship is supposed to be with our wives and with our husbands, and I think that we always miss that point.
1: So what you're saying is we should, we should all marry Jesus first, and then our Adam and Eve will come.
3: You have to. Hmm. You have to because he's the blueprint and, and he's the one that contains all of the characteristics that we should want in, in a spouse. And the reality is he's the one that does contain all of the characteristics that we want in a spouse. Sometimes we're just, you know, we're, we're too proud to admit it. And, but, yeah. but that's what we should want. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And right now we have two callers on the line. Uh, I'm going to go to them so they can ask their questions. But to the listeners, if you want to call in, please feel free to do so. The number is 718-508-9600. We have someone from the 972 area code. Hello, are you there? Hello? Caller, please call back. You you You're breaking up on us. I have someone from the 732 area code.
4: Hello, Mr. Greg, how are
1: you? Yes, how are you? I'm good. Do you have a question for us?
4: Um, well, I just tuned in, so I don't know what the topic is that we are talking about.
1: Okay, the topic is why men marry, why men don't.
4: Well, um, one reason, I th- well, my opinion, why I think men do marry is to make a commitment to a special woman. And why men don't marry is because um, they think that they should, they're not sure that they should build more time for themselves before they commit somebody. Maybe they need to do more maturing or maybe they need to uh, be more in God before they go to some other lady or make a mistake and send them to the right one and then she ends up leaving him or he leaves her. You know, let's make sure they're doing the right thing before they jump to a relationship.
1: Yes, thank you. You know, fellas, you know what, from, from, from what the caller just said, it sounded like what she was saying was, a lot of times, men marry not out of following the footsteps that Christ has laid for them. It seems like they're they're going out and they're trying to do it do it on their own. Is, is that what you guys got from that?
3: Well, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. I I can I can only speak for me, and but but I have a lot of friends that I grew up with, and they're and they're all married, and and you know, like she, what she said was very true. A lot of them want to you know, chose to sow their wild oats and, you know, run around and do this and do that. And when they, I don't know, when they finally figured out that, you know what, they better, you know, lock it down before they get too old to really hook up with one that um they really liked, was attracted to, was halfway decent before they alienated a, a, a halfway decent woman. They better snatch her up now, you know, it, that was their mentality. But again, you know, that's coming from a, a carnal mindset as well. Where, whereas you know, from a saved mindset, you really have to choose your spouse properly. You have to, and you have to really not even choose, but choose that God leads you and 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 reveal who that person is, because you want to have somebody who is going to be able to work with you in ministry. And I just wanted to chime in. I hope she's still listening. But one of the reasons that guys don't get married, most guys really do want to be married. Most yeah. guys aren't yeah. dogs, you know. Um, Most guys really do want to be married because we want to procreate and have, you know, a legacy. You know, we want to um, establish our lineage and have children to sow into, to carry, you know, to to help us regenerate ourselves. But one of the main reasons why men don't marry is because they're waiting to get things established. They're waiting to be established in their job. They're waiting to get their lives in order because they don't want to um, bring their chaos onto someone else's life. It's really a mechanism and a um, byproduct of pride because a man is, a, is, is proud naturally. It's part of our, our makeup. So the last thing we want is to pull some, the majority of men. There are some dirty, rotten scoundrels out there that are users and will just, you know, prey on the kindness of women. But a real man, we're talking about why men don't marry, okay, they'll want to have their business in order before they bring someone into that. That means whatever they have to do to be financially stable, secure as far as a house, to, to, to be a real man. And, and a lot of times that's a lot easier said than done. And, as, you know, men have clocks that tick too. It doesn't seem like that, but it's more of a career-based clock where we need to be established in some form of something so that we can, you know, have things set up for a wife and a family and a future. That's, that's one major reason why men don't, Commit because they want to commit to themselves and have things established to bring people in the right way.
1: Brian, is it? Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Brian, is, do you agree with this, what I'm about to say? I, I really believe that it's every man's dream to be able to give his wife or his woman everything that she needs and everything that she could possibly desire. You know, we we really want to be able to just give you everything and and just be able to just pour all everything out on you. It, it, do you agree with that?
2: Well, uh, I'm gonna preface this with what A1 said. Every man dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I believe that But that's my dream one day. I, I, I you know I have that dream and I'm actually working towards that. That's something that I want for my wife, That you know that I don't have to go out there and you know and say, well, one day we'll have this, or one day we'll have that. I want to be able to just say, oh, is that what you want? Okay, get it, you know, but um, to go back a little bit to what the caller said, she said a lot of times it's because the man made a commitment, you know, and that's one of the things that that's so important in relationships, being committed. It's like when you're committed to Christ, you know, most people that, that say they know Jesus, or or I'll, I'll, let me say this. Most people that say, yeah, I'm a Christian, are not committed to Christ. You know, I mean, do you see that difference? They say, I'm a Christian, but they're not committed to Christ. That means they haven't given everything in their being up to the Lord. They haven't, they haven't submitted themselves to him, you know. And that's one of the things that uh, with men, men want to be in charge, not necessarily like I'm ruling over you, but you have to let a man lead. That's his right. That That's where he's supposed that's the position that God has placed him in. And, you know, the media and these times have shown, you know, and have duped women into thinking that they don't need no man. I don't need no man. I'm an independent black woman. I'm an independent white woman. I'm an independent woman. I can do my own thing. I can make my own money. I can raise my own kids. And so men see that, and that immediately is a red flag. Uh-oh. I see right now if I if I get with her, she's going to try to control me. She's not going to work with me the way that I need her to work with me because she's not doing that now. So men automatically say, mm-mm, uh, let me step back. That may not be the one because that one is controlling, but all the while that woman is saying, "I want to marry you or I want to be married, I want to be married because you like you said, her biological clock is ticking or' it's, you know or it's her all her friends are married, and she's the only one left out, you know, and she has a career and and she has everything she needs. The only thing she doesn't have now is that husband or you know, or that, that, that one thing that she wants that left is that husband. But that man sees, uh-oh, red flag, controller, yeah. wants to be in charge, yeah. wants to tell me what to do. You know, not that we can't work together and i listen when she's right or anything like that. But, you know, so men automatically say, ooh, I don't want none of that. No yeah. part of that, right there, and they
1: step off. That's true. We have a we have a caller calling in from the four hundred four area code. Caller, are you there?
0: I am here. How are you? That people? sounds
1: like uh, Doctor Cherry. It, it is, is. Doctor Cherry. Is. You had a questions for? Us?
0: You know what? I really had a comment because I really think that some people don't marry just because that's they don't want to be married. I mean, I just think that marriage is not for everyone, and I think that if it was for everyone, there would be even numbers across the globe, so there will be one man for one woman, and there isn't a one-to-one ratio. And when you look at the Bible and we talk about Adam and Eve, um, Adam was not given Eve for marriage. Adam was given Eve for companionship, and I think a lot of people confuse a person being there with this whole thing that I've got to be married. Yes.
1: Dr. Sherry, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Well, Well, what do you say to the woman that, that's out there beating I mean just, just, just beating herself to death. She's doing everything that she possibly can. She want you know, she wants that dream of having a husband and having children and and she's just she's I mean she is not the perfect woman but she's saving herself. She's waiting and you know she's not into all this craziness that's out there, the dating, and she's not into all of that. She's praying and praying and praying, and years are going by, and she's getting older and older, and like I said, she's just hurting. Mm-hmm. What What can this woman do to say, you know what, God, I, I trust that you are going to send me my Adam?
0: Well, here's the thing, though. Um, if you're praying, I, I think that there there are two things, and one um, I'm very spiritual, so I have a true connection in God. And if you're going to allow God to really lead you, then you're going to have to be led by God. And what I think is is if you're praying and praying and praying for something and that's not existing in your life, then perhaps that is not necessarily in the plan for your life because I don't believe that everyone comes here to be married. I do believe that everyone comes here on this earth to live out and fulfill a dynamic purpose and I believe by just being on the earth you have already done some of the work that you came here to do and I absolutely believe that when you do unite and you bring offsprings and I heard the the, you know the gentleman talk about yeah absolutely people want to leave a legacy and that legacy is children in a lot of cases but there are a lot of people that physically can't have children so what we know is that their legacy can be left in another way.
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Cherry. You know, I'm always <laughs> pleased to have you calling in, and thank you for calling in.
0: Well, thank you for allowing me to be here.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: You guys have fun. Thank you, bye. Yeah.
1: hmm what would you say to that woman that that that's out there hurting? I know, I know you have uh, friends that that used to come to you and and ask you questions about men and why they do crazy things and. And and the Lord and I I'm supposed to have a husband and I, I know my Adam is coming but I keep running into the same knuckleheads. What what do you say to them?
2: Well, you know, uh, it's funny that Dr. Cherry said that everybody not supposed to have somebody, you know, um what I what I feel is that, you know, if you if it's something that is that's for you and you ask God for it and you believe God in his word, he said, anything you ask in my name that I will give you, that eventually it's going to happen. But what you have to do next is just get out of the way. See, if you're every day praying, praying on that same thing, you know, that same repetitious prayer every single day, Lord, send me a husband, Lord, send me a husband, Lord, send me a husband. He says, you know, you need to be married to me first. You're Uh so focused on that husband that you keep asking me for, but you haven't prepared for him. You haven't prepared for him. The Bible says that uh, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not giving them much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So what that says is we have a whole generation right now of young mothers, not old mothers, young mothers, where they're having these children too early and nobody's teaching this new generation on how to be married or nobody's teaching this new generation on how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife how to be a good mother or a good father. And so what they're learning is basically what the world is showing them.
1: So what you're saying is the woman the woman needs to love God and themselves first. That's what you're saying, right?
2: Absolutely. And, and And it's like a process. You know, if you want something from God, he first has to know that you are worthy of that, which none of us are worthy, only through his grace. So once he dispenses that grace, He wants to make sure that that grace shows, see, God is a selfish God. He doesn't want to be just dispensing out grace to folks and, and don't get no glory out of that, you know. He wants the glory out of things that he does so that people will know that he is God.
1: That's right. Brian, right now we have another caller from the 919 area code. Caller, are you there?
5: I am here.
1: Yes, who are you?
5: This is Sharon. Hi, Greg. <laughs>
1: I know that voice. Sharon, now I'm
5: outed on the radio.
1: <laughs> okay, Sharon, we love you, you, you. We love you. Sharon, <laughs> do you have any questions?
5: Um, I have a comment okay, and okay. Uh, possibly a question. The comment uh, is, you know, you asking why people get in a cyclical pattern, continually attracting the same uh, type of, in this case, negative yes. uh, person. And basically, who you are is what you attract. And in the, when you look at the spirit realm, uh, spirits know one another. And when you walk in a room, spirits talk before you even turn your head and look at a person. And I believe, for example, someone who is extremely insecure, when they walk in a room, somebody that has a predator spirit can pick up on it, they can turn around and suddenly that person looks like gold. And a lot of times you don't know why you're suddenly drawn to someone. And people often say, I just had to come talk to you or, you know, you caught my eye or whatever. Many times that's spiritual. I'm not saying it can't be physical, but many times that's spiritual. So the same way spirits attract in the positive, it's also in the negative. And I think your areas of, of brokenness, your, your places that require healing and God to work in, will oftentimes attract something that is going to be like a leech on that to keep you in a cyclical pattern of never getting out of it. In order to keep you insecure, I have to find somebody who's going to continually dog you to keep you in that state. So that kind of person will continually attract somebody until they choose to surrender that area to God and grow in it. They'll continue to attract people that will keep them acting you know, insecure, desperate, and crazy.
1: So, so that's why you, so that's why you, you have women that, for some reason, they always attract men that are violent. Yes. Is that what you're saying?
5: Yeah, I'm a living witness. I mean, not to the violent necessarily part, right? But I had to, and you know, and and without getting into too much detail, I've just had a lot to think about um, just over the last few days. And one of the things that I had to realize when reviewing my own personal life and why um, some situations did not work the way I originally planned, when I laid it all out, I realized that um, at the inception, where I was to a certain degree met where the other person was. Wow. And. Um,
1: but how many, but, how, how many, how many women are, are, are able to say, you know what, let me step back and look at this from a bigger picture?
5: Well, see, that's when it comes down to truth. And, you know, for many, much of my life, people used to get on me all the time and say, you are your, wor-, you know, your own worst critic and you're too hard on yourself and whatever. But one thing that I believe is a plus in that is I can always sit back critically and allow myself to look at me for who I am in truth, not who I want to be. And I think when people begin to are first able to look at themselves and admit um, their shortcomings, the areas of struggle, the areas that they're surrendering, surrendering to God, as well as the things that are, you know, they're doing well, um, you get an honest picture. Okay. And that's something you can work with. And with that honest picture, you're able to also step back and look at situations. Wow. But a lot of times we want to be something that we've seen on TV or we, we know we have some, some mentor that we tend to look up to and we want to emulate. But the problem is you are not her. And you don't know what she's like when she's at home. So instead of being the best you you can be, you're trying to be something else, and you're living in, in this fantasy world. And those type of people tend to, you know, even if they, I know, in fact, I know one person who got married, she was a fantasy person. They were married about two or three years, had a baby before he met the woman who she really was. And um, it didn't work out too well.
1: But and you they're say, still
5: struggling you- because she went from being, you know, and i am just using this as an example, from being a Beyonce wannabe to being who she was. He thought he was marrying the Beyonce wannabe.
1: Well, Sharon, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think some of the situations, you know, they, they, do you think sometimes those situations uh, come to heal us?
5: You know, I do believe. Um, I see, this is a wonderful thing about God. He's so smart. And he knows sometimes that you have to, uh, just like with the vaccine, you have to get some of the, of the disease in you to heal you and to mm. keep you from, from getting, you know, a worse case. Um, I know in my situation, um, some of my greatest pain and greatest frustration has made me stronger. Now, I do believe that people learn differently. You have people who the minute something happens, they can get a lesson and go with it and never repeat it. Then there's hard-headed people like me who, you know, for lack of a better description or the kind of daredevil type, like prove me wrong.
1: Or pretty much continue beating yourself up.
5: Huh? <laughs> you know, so you have to, in um, people like me, it's like, When I get, um, God knows knows each of us and what it's going to take for us to learn something. And since everything has to pass through him first, we never get anything that's going to kill us unless we choose to die. Job could have died if he wanted to. Job could have rolled over and said the end, but he didn't. And, you know, I just believe that when situations come to us, in our personal life, be they male-female relations or anything, they're to make us better, make us stronger, make us the men and women of God that we were created to be. So bringing this to a relationship, um, on a relationship level, I just believe that if people were honest with themselves and honest with their situations, then they would be better for whomever um, God created them for.
1: But, you know, we, we have another caller from the 407 area code. Caller, are you there? Hello? Yes.
4: Hi. Hi. You may know me as Love is a Light. Okay.
1: You have a question for us? How are you doing?
4: Yes, I'm doing pretty good. Okay. My thing is, um, my mom and dad had a really dysfunctional relationship. My father even had moved into the basement when he had just couldn't take any more of her shenanigans. She was just an outrageous woman. And it has caused me to... Have ideals about um, about men, and um, I tend to want to come to the rescue when I feel like a man is being mistreated by a woman because I watched my father love this woman through some really hard times, and I mean some really hard times. She was um, a physical type, and she would strike first, and I watched him defend himself against this woman. So um, I tend to my compassion level is more so with uh, men than it is it, it is with women. Um so I, I fall into the trap of um as soon as I hear a sad story I'm hooked. And I need to get beyond that.
3: Okay.
1: Uh A one, you wanna address that?
3: Uh sure I'll take a fling at it. How you doing, lovely light? <laughs> so, you know what? Um I was I was just sitting back, leaning back, just listening to um, the last couple of callers and one thing has just resounded in my spirit and this is like a, this is a real this is like a sticking point. And I hope it's not just all women that are listening to this, but I hope there's some men that are listening to this too because it's very important that we understand our roles in relationships. And the man is supposed to be the head. The man is supposed to step up excuse me step up, stand up, establish order, and set the pace in the relationship it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you have to be an overbearing tyrant warlord as a matter of fact, a humble, you know merciful man is a beautiful thing i I be that, but there comes a time where <laughs> With, at, at the beginning, at the outset, whatever you allow to happen in a relationship is only going to magnify itself as um, the relationship grows and goes on. When you first start out in a relationship, you're not even meeting that person. Like you said, you're meeting their representative, their ambassador, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, then sure. after, and then after the ambassador has wooed you and has gotten a good relationship with you, then they send the actual person there. You get, you, get, you know the truth. You don't get that best representation. You get all of the luggage and garbage that's um, associated with it. So if you are coming to the rescue, per se, with the, represent- with the representative or the ambassador, then you've already become an abler and a crutch, and you've already allowed a certain boundary or um, parameter has already been set. And that's why I always put the onus on the man. It's the man's responsibility to set the, set the boundaries, to, to set the um, pace in the relationship. And the problem that I have with a lot of these things, especially, you know, for my sisters because I hate to see my sisters going through in these bad relationships because the reality is it makes me like, dag, are there any good men out there? But sometimes I just have to look at it like where are the women first of all, the woman shouldn't be looking for the man. That's 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 the problem. The yeah, man is supposed true. to find the man is supposed to find the woman. So if the woman is looking for the man, um they that I'm sorry, I love y'all sisters, but y'all just out of order. you Yeah, y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all cause, cause that's that's how you get caught out there wanting to rescue a man when the man should be your knight in shining armor. You understand? But yeah, when yeah. When, you, when you wanna um like put the man on your your back and carry him, but the man is supposed to be coming to provide for you. And I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about making a way for you as a covering in God. So, number one, the man should be finding you. The Bible says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. So that right. that's the first part. I'm looking at it.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> you're looking right. You're reading that,
3: right? <laughs> I'm reading right now.
1: <laughs> Guys, we have, a, we have another caller I want to get to her. Or, okay. Uh, it may be a guy, I'm not sure, from the 951 area code caller. Are you there?
6: Yes, I am. Hi. Hello, this is Daphne. Hey, Daphne,
1: how you doing? Hey, Excellent. Daphne. How, how you, you doing?
6: Hey, hello.
1: Daphne, do you have any questions or comments for us tonight?
6: I do, and I'm sure I'll probably have some men haters and some women haters when I'm done, so Uh-oh. I'll just take my own benediction, okay? All Go, right.
2: ahead. Wow. Go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead.
6: I just want to read something. Um, Dr. Cherry was saying that um, he was put in the garden to be a meet. Am I correct?
2: Mm-hmm. Is yes, that what he was yes, saying?
6: Yes. Well, I want to deal with that first because in the book of Genesis it says, and I quote, and the Lord God planted a, wait a minute, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree, and he went on to say when he made Adam. And then if you go down, he says, and the Lord God commanded the man, sa- man saying, of every tree of the garden thou hast Of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and good of evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest, thereof shalt thou surely die. Verse 18, chapter 2 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make make a helpmeet for him. Key word, he made a helpmeet for him, which was not Eve. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And brought unto them, Adam set Adam to see the, excuse me, and Adam to see what he would call them, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was named thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. He was not put in the garden to be a helpmeet. It says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh, instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall shall a man leave his mother and father, and shall cleave unto his wife. His wife was Eve. And they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked. The man and his wife and were not ashamed. Then it goes on to talking about the serpent. I was listening to what the whole conversation going on tonight. And I was reading while you all were talking the book of Genesis. Me too. And <laughs> I thought it very interesting because basically God said, and for the deep folks that really need Bible scripture, go read it, Genesis chapter two three and four. God asked Adam What's wrong with you, basically? You let this woman fool you. I told you not to do X, Y, and Z.
2: Right.
6: But yet this woman came to you and said, eat this. It's food for us. Marriage is several things. It's covenant. It's ministry, relationship, friendship. But most of all, covenant. If you do not have a relationship with God the Father you will not ever understand what marriage is. If you have never experienced intimacy with God the Father, you will not understand intimacy with your husband or your wife. I don't think it's so much why men men would marry or whatever. I think it's an equal thing because there are women out there who feel the same. There are women who are out there who are not gold diggers, got their head on straight, and not just saying, oh, well, it's me, mine, and no more. So you come in, you come in. No, marriage is a partnership. It's not about I can bring this to the table or you can bring that to the table. It's about we can bring this to the table and let's make it work. Yes, the man is the head of the household. However, it is still a covenant and it's still a partnership. There is a such thing that men have called egos and pride because if he feels like, oh, I can't do this or I can't buy her this, you know, bins, this 300 bins that she really wants, You know, I got to keep up with such and such because she wants this Escalade. You know, man, my ego just went all the way to the ground. But that's not what it's about. It's about partnership, covenant, relationship. Yes, the woman is to be submissive to the man, but then the man is not to be controlling either. Because basically God said here to Adam, you let this woman trick you. No, you're to go to him in agreement, and if there's no agreement met, then we can agree to agree on God's word.
1: Well, definitely. Let me ask you this: when 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 God was talking to Adam and He was questioning him about, you know, getting on him about Eve, do you think because Eve tricked him or she led him? Uh, is she not? Is the woman not supposed to do that?
6: Is she not, I'm not understanding. She but the help.
1: the leading part. She she was leading him. and to She messed up one
6: when she had the conversation with the serpent. That's number one where she messed up. She messed up when she took the fruit. She right. never went because you have to realize she wasn't put in the garden first. Adam right. was. Right. Adam was given the direct instructions. Do not eat of this tree. She messed up too when she got the apple and never went to him and said, Well, I just realized that there. She first became transparent when she talked to the serpent. Eve didn't really know that she was naked and who she was. True. And then she got tricked when she ate, when she pulled the apple and said, "Well, I have, I found us food." The reason why they realized that they were naked in the garden, or Adam realized he was naked in the garden, was because he realized he had messed up.
3: The sin.
1: Hey, can I chime in for a second, please?
3: Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I I, I just I, I just wanted um to j- to just chime in um you you're very accurate in what you said and 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 it just brings me back to the point Adam as the man had a responsibility as the head to inform his woman Eve not to eat that fruit that exactly. was that would that that was Adam's fault the other exactly. thing the the other thing that I wanted to add is that it wasn't until Adam partook of the fruit. Were both of their eyes open?
6: Right. They were
3: still both in the age of innocence because the accountability and the headship and responsibility for not eating that fruit was squarely placed on, on Adam's that. shoulders. That's right. See, and that and the Bible says that when Adam partook of the fruit, then the scales came, fell from their eyes and they knew both good and evil. And and that's that's the important part because Adam still had a chance, R- realistically. Adam could have still got that thing right because he was still the covering for Eve. So had Adam not ever taken of that fruit and said, you messed up, but it's okay because I didn't partake of the fruit and I didn't tell you, so it'll be all right. They didn't know that they were naked until after he took the fruit.
5: Well,
1: A1, well, A1 how can you translate that into what's going on right now, into the marriages right now? What, how would you translate that?
5: I mean, like, like
3: I was saying um previously, I just really believe in my in my heart of hearts that it's the man's responsibility to set the pace and to be to, 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 to be to be the head. And I mean I like what she said about, you know, yes the woman is supposed to be submissive, but that doesn't give the man the right to be like a bully or to be abusive. The reality is that the Bible tells the man the husband and wife to submit to one another. So we both have to be submissive to each other and a relationship is absolutely partnership, and the most pinnacle part of that partnership is that God is the focal point. That God be glorified out of all of it. And if God is the, the if God is the um, the focus, then the man can be the priest, the high priest of his household, and the woman is there to um, be an armor bearer, if you would, to be a support to him. I mean. I'm going I'm to I'm throw this out there. God placed the man with authority to be the headship, and the woman was in place to be the headship, but what God gave the woman is the ability to reveal things that are happening. And um, I use the example of when Joshua and Caleb went to take the land. They went to spy into the land. Well, the, the woman was the revealer. Um, what was her name? Uh, Rahab? Um, she's the one that left the red court hanging out of the window. So, what God let the men do, the men were there to to fight the battle, to be the warriors, to be the head. But at the same time, Rahab was there to be a revealer. And it's the same way. A lot of times that's in ministry, a husband and wife team is also powerful because while the man of God is seeking God's face, you know, the woman is in the back behind the scenes interceding for our husband and God is revealing things that he may not be aware of because he's too busy looking for a word for the people. So it it truly is partnership and it's a beautiful thing when it's when both people's focus is God get the glory out of this thing. Yeah. Because the woman
4: Go ahead
3: because the woman sees everything that's happened around her man while the man is seeking God. So she's praying for that Sorry, here we go. So she's praying for that brazen hussy that's always staring at her man of God. She's praying that, you know, she get delivered from whatever it is that is making her think those unclean thoughts. She's praying for her man of God about the financial situation that she knows is weighing him heavily while he's seeking God's face and trusting that he'll be a provider. She's praying for her man of God about, you know, the medical report that they're waiting for the doctor that everything turned out okay so that the man of God can just stay focused on what He needs to get from God and not be diverted or distracted by all the other things that this world, that the enemy will try to throw at us. All of those quote unquote forbidden fruits, those, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, all of the other things that are meant to distract us that we we partook of after we stepped out of the dispensation of innocence. Now the woman is the revealer. God is showing her you need to pray for your husband because you know the burdens that he endures every day, but you know his heart is for me. So pray that he can be strong. Pray that his mortal body will not fail him. Pray that his mind will stay stayed on me and so that he can have peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of the storms that are raging in his life. That's the beauty of of the partnership when you have the man and woman working together. But a lot of times it never gets to that point because the enemy has people so twisted with society's viewpoint of marriage and relationship that we've gotten away from what God says it's really supposed to be.
1: Yes. We have one more caller. We have to be really, really quick. We have about a minute and a half left. Call us from the 972 area code. Are you there?
4: Yes, I am.
1: You have a question for us?
4: No, I just want to say that uh, I agree with A-1 totally. Uh, for a relationship to work, there has to be a partnership, and while while the man is doing what God has assigned him to do, the woman has to be there to support him in the whole relationship
2: and every aspect of that relationship for it to work.
1: Okay. Brian, did you have anything?
2: Um, yeah. I know we got under a minute, so I'm going to just uh try to give you all some contact information real quick yes yes um if you want to email me if you got questions about you know what we talked about tonight or questions about pretty much anything you can email, email me at attack that's one word attack music at hotmail.com or you can hit me up on myspace at
3: myspace.com slash brian j henderson
1: a1 your contact and, information
3: yeah, if you guys want to get in touch with me, you can um reach me on MySpace at the Anointed One. That's what A One stands for, the Anointed One. Um or you can reach me um by a- um email. Um it's a Yahoo email address. It's um he is anointed. Um it's H E I Z Anointed at Yahoo dot com. If you wanna reach out to me just to, you know, send me some love in an email or just, you know, self, I mean whatever questions, you know, I'm open for anything. You know, and just be blessed.
1: Okay, this is your host, Gregory Turner. You can reach me at Gregory Turner at Abundance Solutions com. And we've, come, we've run out of time. Uh, I think we're going to have to continue this show next week. I think I'm going to have to change the topic back to Why Men Marry, Why Men Don't Part Two, because we went all the way to the wire, and it was, it was such a powerful, powerful uh, show. So with that being said, we'll see everyone next week. And callers, thank you so much for calling in. And to our special guests, thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week.
3: All right, man. And
2: good night.